Hello and welcome to Hyatt Report, and this is your host, Omar Hyatt. In the last few podcasts, I talked about uh, the persecution of Muslims in India, how we are now seeing this trend of Muslim men being lynched, and their um, and that whole lynching is being filmed by people who lynch them, and those videos are then uploaded onto social media platforms for likes and shares. Um, and and th- th- I know this is sickening, um, but I want to talk about something really important today. I think it's important to remember that this persecution of Muslims did not just start in 2014, as people would have you believe. Um, Now, there is this um, effort by a lot of people on social media to say that Muslims have been facing persecution in India since 2014 because BJP came into power. And Unfortunately, that's not true. That is absolutely not true. In fact, Muslims in India have faced persecution right after India's independence all the way to now. Um, I I understand that BJP is a far-right nationalist party and they clearly have a mandate from their voters um, to do things that are not in the interest of Muslims of India. Um, But having said that, it's important to call out um, that this persecution of Muslims did not just start overnight in 2014. In fact, Muslims have been persecuted even when BJP was not in power. And that's what I want to talk about today. And, um, And this is not to say that BJP is somehow... Um, I'm not giving a pass to BJP. Um, I'm not giving it. I'm not giving a pass to BJP at all. But what I do want to call out is, it's not just BJP. Um, it's the other parties of India as well, which are responsible for persecution of Muslims in India. And the persecution of Muslims in India has been happening since India's independence. And also there is um, this misconception in the West um, that India is, quote-unquote, a secular democracy and India is, quote-unquote, world's largest democracy. Fair enough, if population or if numbers alone is the standard for being the world's largest democracy, then by all means, India is the world's largest democracy. But what I also want to talk about is... um, People perceive India to be this secular nation um, or a socialist nation. But to tell you the truth, um, India is not a socialist country. I'm sure it was a socialist country at one point in time, but it is a free market economy. And if you look at the indices the, the, about um, the, the, the increasing gap between the rich and the poor in India, you'll notice India is by no means a socialist country. Um, And also, like I said, in my personal opinion, I do not think India is a secular country either, although its constitution says that. But there are laws in India 
for instance, there is um, this CAA um, law that has been passed, um, which accepts refugees from certain countries based on religion. And a secular state does not have that kind of law. Um, and secularism means separation of church and state. But if you notice, um, the state is heavily um, involved in religion. Like, even the opposition parties openly flaunt um, their religious posturing. They openly talk about how they align with a certain religion and they perform pujas on national television. They do all these things. I mean, I don't have an issue with that. But if you do call yourself a secular country or if you call yourself a secular party, then I don't understand how that goes. Secularism by any definition is separation of church and state. And if you say you're a secular country, you can't have your president go and inaugurate um, a temple and you can't have your prime minister perform puja on national television. Um, that's what I'm saying. So in my personal opinion, I do not think India is um, a socialist or a secular country. Now, that's out of the way. So now let's talk about um, the persecution of Muslims in India since um, it, its partition in 1947 and since it became an independent country. So I just quickly want to go over a brief list of violence that took place against Muslims of India since 1947 to present. And just bear in mind that this is by no means an exhaustive list um, because if, if we were to talk about each and every incident of violence against Muslims in India, we would have a podcast that would go on for days, um, if not for hours. Um, so I just want to, like I said, I'm just quickly going to go over this list of um, violent incidents that were um, that took place against Muslims in India since 1947 to now. So 1948, Hyderabad massacre. 1969, Gujarat riots. 1970, Bhiwandi riots. 1980, Muradabad riots. 1983, Nelly massacre. 1985, Gujarat riots. 1987, Hashimpura massacre. 1989, Pagalpur violence. 1992, Bombay riots. 1993, Pungal massacre. 2002, Gujarat riots. 2006, Malagao bombings. 2013, Muzaffarnagar riots. 2014, Assam violence. 2020, Delhi riots. And just bear in mind... Not all of these um, incidents took place under BJP. A lot of it um, took place in various governments. Um, and therefore, it's important to call out that Muslims historically have faced persecution in in various regimes, under various regimes, not just BJP. Um, and And... 
also, it's important to remember these things. It's important that people talk about these things because the more you talk about it, the more people would know. Otherwise, people would just think that these atrocities against Muslims of India have been taking place only since 2014, which is absolutely not true. And and that's why I always emphasize that history should be repeated, remembered, um, because if if people do not remember history, then it's very easy to come up with excuses like, if we were to get rid of BJP, then there won't be any persecution of Muslims in India. Unfortunately, I push back on that statement. I push back really hard on that statement um, because I have Indian heritage myself and I do not want my people to suffer, but, uh, whichever religion they subscribe to. But I, I I would hope that people remember that it's not just BJP who has um who has um persecuted Muslims or or just kept mum about persecution of Muslims because if if you look at this list um the list that I just recounted um if you just look at that list you would barely find any people prosecuted or convicted for their crimes against Muslims in India. I mean, you talk about Hyderabad massacre. I could not find any data to show that the perpetrators of that crime were prosecuted or brought to justice. Um, when you talk about Muzaffarnagar, I know I read um, that um, the perpetrators... Um, in those riots were actually let go by the authorities. And just bear in mind that these riots did not take place under BJP. Um, and and um, the daily lynchings that we see on social media, um, it, it, I, in my opinion, we see that today because of social media. Um, but back in the day, if you talk about 1983, Nelly Massacre, or if you talk about 1980, Muradabad riots, there was no social media. So obviously, people, um, there, I mean, there were no cell phones either. So um, there was no way that people could record and share as much. Not that I'm, 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 um, I'm, I'm not saying that BJP has not, um, has not somehow um, contributed to increase in violence. Um, but what I'm calling out is it's important to remember that it's not just BJP um, who oversaw persecution of Muslims in India. It's important to remember that. And also, if it's important to remember that um, a lot of these riots, they call it riots, so I'll stick to that vocabulary. But a lot of the perpetrators of these riots just go free. Like, the judiciary system in India, it takes so long, um, um, and the law, uh, it takes so long for a case to be heard. And the law enforcement agencies, for some reason, they always um, um, find an excuse um, to, um, to not indict 
somebody who belongs to or who subscribe to the the faith of the majority community of India, whereas they're very quick to um, indict somebody who who's who is a Muslim, and you can read a lot of those articles online. Um, but that's just the fact, um, or at least that's what I've I've seen. Um, and and also um, um, this. So some people on social media have told me that let's forget about the past. Um, let's move on. When we come into power, we will address all the issues of Muslims in India. And I call that bullshit. Like, honestly, if you were not able to resolve issues of Muslims of India, if you were not able to stop persecution of Muslims of India over decades, what is the guarantee that you'll come to power now and you'll all of a sudden stop it? Like, how would you be able to achieve it? Where is your plan? What is your mandate? What does your manifesto say? A lot of these quote-unquote secular parties, they say, we'll do this for Muslims, we'll do that. And these days, they don't even mention the word Muslims or Muslim. Um, Even when that incident um, happened in Assam, a lot of these secular parties did not even mention that man was a Muslim man. Moin al-Haq was a Muslim man. They did not mention his religion at all. And if you ask them this question, the rebuttal they come back with is, oh, we don't see religion. Okay, if you don't see religion, then these people are being persecuted for their faith. And if you can't see that, then I'm sorry, I can't help you. Um, It's just weird. These people, like... Like I said, uh, sorry, I'm just going on a rant, but I just wanna, I just wanna say all of these things, and um, on social media also, like, <laughs> like these people. Honestly, I'm telling you, on social media, um, in spaces on Twitter, especially, um, there were a couple of people who said, "Oh, we don't see religion. We we believe in insaniyat, which is um, the uh, which is the word for humanity in Hindi." Um, so they say we see insaniyat in everyone. I'm like, for heaven's sake, you're just afraid. You're not saying that Muslims are being persecuted because you're worried that your core voter base is not going to vote for you. And that's all you care. Like, honestly, I mean, the, the sheer hypocrisy, you can see through it. You can see through it from a mile. Um, and and yeah, like I said, it's not a new phenomenon. Um, uh, like I'm, I'm telling you, like I'm sure the persecution has increased. We see more of it now because of social media, um, Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, or YouTube. Um, but it was always there. Um, it was just that the regimes at the time were able to um, just shove it under the rug really uh, strategically. Um, But now, because of all these platforms, the current regime is not able to do that. But even then, um, for example, there was this Muslim man beaten in one of the states in India, and then all these people on social media started posting that video. And then there was a case filed against the people who were circulating that video on social media and these people were condemning what happened to that muslim man and these people had cases registered against them 
because they circulated that video on social media to say that a Muslim man was beaten. So that's what the current regime is doing now. And also somebody just tagged me in in a post on Twitter saying that people who live in foreign lands um, or um, who are anonymous on, um, on Twitter should be careful in what they say. Um, like, I'm always... I always speak my mind. You can't stop me from doing that. Um, and if you think there is a problem on the ground, I would rather you address that than tag me in a post. Um, but anyway, I mean, people think differently, so I can't stop that. But the main reason I wanted to um, do this podcast is to just call out that this um, notion that somehow Muslims of India have been facing persecution only since 2014, it's not accurate. Um, because if you look at the recorded history um, since 1947 to now, you'll see that Muslims were persecuted in all sorts of regimes, under all sorts of regimes in India. And... and and that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I do not want to get into um, the number of deaths and the loss of property, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because um, there is a lot to these um, quote-unquote pogroms. Um, I would recommend you go and read um, online about these pogroms if you're interested. Um, I'll repeat them again. Um, 1948, Hyderabad Massacre. 1969, Gujarat Riots. 1970, Bhiwandi Riots. 1980, Muradabad Riots. 1983, Nelly Massacre, 1985, Gujarat Riots, 1987, Hashimpura Massacre, 1989, Pagalpur Violence, 1992, Bombay Riots, 1993, Pungal Massacre, 2002, Gujarat Riots, 2006, Malagao Bombings, 2013, Muzaffarnagar Riots, 2014, Assam Violence, 2020, Delhi Riots. And I just want to make it clear, I want people to read history, I want people to understand the history, um, I want people to remember the history, because history tells you uh, a pattern, it gives you a pattern, and it, it, it prepares you for the future. And that's the reason I'm doing this podcast. And I think Muslims of India are very articulate, they're very intelligent people. I'm sure they'll, they'll come out of it um, um, sooner than later. I'm very optimistic. Um, and I, I hope for the best for Muslims of India. And they are some of the best people in the world. They are some of the they're some of the most polite, humble, honest people I've come across. And I cannot imagine in my wildest nightmares as to why they would be demonized or persecuted. They are some of the nicest people one may come across. And I hope and pray that they come out of this persecution um, they have they have been really resilient over the years, um, and I hope their their fellow countrymen see that. I hope their fellow countrymen 
appreciate these people. They're, they're human beings. They just subscribe um, to Islam as a faith. And I hope their politicians from all their parties see and speak up for Muslims of India, not because, um, not because of votes. I hope they speak up for humanity. I hope the whole world speak up for Muslims of India for the sake of humanity.